I remember our first winter, January, <laughs> I think. If I remember correctly, our total offerings for the month of January were just a little over $4,000. We had four people on staff <laughs> full-time at that point. And um, I remember having to come back, come back to the office and say to the other three guys on our team, hey, um, we're not going to make payroll. And um, we're going to have to delay it at least a week, if not more. Mm-hmm. And so all across, man, the world, there are people making sacrifices and um, for the sake of, of seeing people reach to the gospel. And I just think it's going to take a continuation of that mentality. Welcome to the Send Columbus podcast, a podcast designed to share strategies and stories about planting churches in the city. Your hosts are Church Planting Catalyst, Chad Grigsby, and Sin City Missionary, Dean Fultz. Welcome to the first episode of the Send Columbus podcast. I'm Chad Grigsby, and with me is Dean Fultz. Hey, Dean. Chad, how you doing? El numero uno, right? On the podcast here. This might be the first and only episode, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been said by that great theologian if you're not first you're last right (laughs) (laughs) yep yep and i don't know if the powers that be uh you know will fully appreciate this but we'll ask for forgiveness instead of permission right (laughs) yes sir well we're uh we're starting off the inaugural episode of the podcast uh by introducing ourselves a little bit to you guys and uh we have we promise we won't do that again. We'll have guests who actually have substantive things to talk about. Just once. Yeah, but just, just once. once, we feel like it's important. Uh, we're going to focus on really Dean's story and life point. But before we do, tell you a little bit about myself um, as well. Um, I was part of a, a church plant in the Memphis area. Uh, served there for five years, three years as the lead pastor, and then closed that church. And then six days later, uh, helped plant a new one in Arkansas. Uh, within seven days. That's Crazy. the way to do it. It's the way to do it. And was there almost six years. Um, and uh, they got a new pastor and doubled in attendance, which is, I guess that's how that happens. That that's means pretty... you set them up well for <laughs> success. Is that what that means? Mm-hmm. I, think, I think it might mean something else. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so it was there. And then uh, most recently was on staff of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention church planting team for three and a half years. And then Came to the frozen tundra of the Midwest, Columbus, Ohio. The, the frozen tundra, and just for the record, <laughs> it hasn't snowed yet. <laughs> it did snow. It snowed in November. No, no, that was not. <laughs> that was not snow. I shot. That was less than an inch. <laughs> it it was like three inches, and I shoveled <laughs> my driveway, so that counts. Yep. Yep. How long did it take you to shovel your driveway, by the way? Longer than it should have. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I'm adjusting well mm-hmm. to being I here. I can see it. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's a little bit of my story in uh, church planting history. So, um, Dean, you want to tell us a little bit about your calling and uh, how you wound up planting LifePoint 15 years ago now? And um, Yeah. So I was born in Cabell Memorial Hospital. That little too far back, maybe for the story. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe, maybe skip a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, grew up in Southern Ohio, came to the Ohio State University, 
became part of a campus ministry, really experienced a calling to ministry there. And oddly enough, I would tell you that I, I never would have considered church planting, except that right at the end of my collegiate experience, um, some of the members of our collegiate ministry, we decided we were going to plant a church. And so we lined up some pastors to talk to locally. And um, it was a weird experience, to be honest with you, because at the end of talking with the pastors, some of the people on our team were like, ah, you know, I don't know if I'm really wanting to do that. And I kind of really was wanting to do that. So, um, you and know, how, wait, you wanted to plant when you were in college? Right at the end of college. So oh, I was like 22, 23. Wow. Yeah. In Columbus. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. So we, we had called up some pastors that we respected and, uh, and it didn't make. And so that was my, that was my first church planning failure. Not my last, but my, <laughs> my first one. I don't think I've um, ever heard that story. Yeah. Well, it was, it was just for, you know, it was a minute and then it was gone. Mm. Um, so I can, I worked the next year as a student missionary before going to seminary in Memphis. Uh, met my wife, uh, Angie, there on day one. She seems um, so nice. She's, yes, she's, she comes from a great family, or so I'm told. That, that's, for those of you listening, she is Chad's sister. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, out of there, uh, did some more collegiate ministry, um, helped plant a church in Memphis. Uh, much like you, I, uh, after leaving that church, it grew to, tremendously. Uh, came here to plant in 2004 and have been here for the last 15 years at LifePoint. Yeah. So, um, came here, oh four. Been here fifteen years, and how many about how many different places did you guys meet in your before landing here in Lewis Center? You know, Lewis Center was always our target um, area, but um, s- we looked at thirty two different locations before we found our first place to meet, mm-hmm. and I think I counted up a couple of years ago that we have met now in 18 different locations. Wow. Yeah. And uh, when was the first time, Planted in 04, when's the first time you guys started thinking about multiple campuses? Do you remember? <laughs> so, you know, the real genesis of the modern multi-site movement was at a meeting that took place actually in 2005, I believe, um, with some leaders. Uh, I think Seacoast was there and some, some other uh, others were there. Um, and oddly enough, um, we went multi-site in 2005 as well. Not out of vision. I wish I could say, oh, I was at this vision for so but early adopters. Yes, right, right. Um, no, we because we could we only that location that we found was a Sunday night only location, and then we became aware in 2005 at the end of the year um, about a location that uh, one of the churches in our network was closing up shop and. So we became aware of that. So we started meeting there in the mornings. So we were actually at the beginning of 2006 in February. We were we were multi-site. So you were accidentally multi-site. You got it. You got it. <laughs> um, so I guess there's some blessings in um, kind of that accidental multi-site in some ways because mm-hmm. you got that building that you yep. weren't necessarily yep. looking for. Didn't necessarily even fit LifePoint all that much. Right, I mean, from a aesthetic kind of architectural. Yeah, yeah, the building. So the church, um, they actually had a daycare that was uh, utilizing the building during the week, and the daycare had, in some ways, had kind of 
uh, they were kind of funding a large, significant portion of the church's budget. And so the daycare and the church kind of had to coexist. Uh -huh. And so that definitely affected the, um, the I mean, you used the word aesthetic. That was, that's a good word. It affected the feel of the building. And uh -huh. so um, we worked alongside of the daycare for a few years uh, trying to figure that, figure that out and navigate that relationship. Yeah. And then, because I remember I was there for a service, I think back in 2011, I actually spoke there, mm -hmm. I think. And and the ceilings in the auditorium, how about how tall were they? Yeah. If um, <laughs> if Shaq would have come, he would have been in trouble. He would have been. I remember that we had hung speakers in the front of the auditorium and Every week I would sit on the same side of the room and sit right in front of the speaker just to take the brunt of the noise. <laughs> I felt like my hair was blowing back because the speaker was like right in my right up in my grill. So um yeah, that was not a it was not a tall, tall space. Yeah, but it it was great. And I yeah. think I remember the Sunday I was there, there were multiple services and an overflow room. Mm -hmm. and, yep. and then you met Sunday night over in Polaris. Area. Yeah, we met. Um, so we, we met all over. We originally met Westerville. We kept that on Sunday nights for a while. Met in Polaris in that area for a while. Then we actually moved to Lewis Center for a while on Sunday nights. And so the Sunday night location kept kind of bumping around. What we mm -hmm. found is that people would come on Sunday nights, but then they would track to Sunday mornings eventually mm -hmm. just because of the pattern and the mm -hmm. you know norm and the space really in people's lives. Yep. So didn't you go from multi-site to back to one? Yeah. Yeah, we brought, so in 2011, we moved into our first um, long-term facility. We moved into a long-term lease space here in Lewis Center. In the recession, uh, so many businesses had gone under that we just got an incredible lease rate, uh, and we signed up for 10 years. Um, so, yeah, so we moved in, and like I said, Easter of 2011, and we kind of brought both of those locations together in one. Mm. Now, how long was it before you went multi-site again with Mount, the Mount Vernon campus? Then? Yeah, we launched Mount Vernon, I think, in 2013, so I not, believe. Not too much later. Yeah. Yeah, so we have three different kinds of campuses, um, really launch campuses, local campuses, and legacy campuses. And so I would I would say that our first campus that we had was more of a legacy campus where that, that church gave us their facility. And, and then, you know, the last two locations that we've had been more local campuses where we send people. Mount Vernon was the is kind of the outlier. It's really the only launch campus that we've done where we've really started from scratch. We sent one of the pastors from our team up there, uh, Adam Purcell. He was from Mount Vernon. He and Molly and their family. And we had a couple of folks who were driving down from Mount Vernon, maybe a couple of, of families, uh, but not a significant core group. Yeah. Yep. And now they average on Sundays up at Mount Vernon around... Oh, college gosh. students are there. 500, 600 people yeah. on a weekend. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. what, what's neat to me <clears throat> in all of this is seeing how God kind of, well, how LifePoint's pretty intentional about raising up folks, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. to send out. Do you want to speak to that? Yeah, well, I just think it, there's, a, there's a lot of models out there for multi-site, and it's not right or wrong. It's just you choose your model and the things that you want to emphasize. And I think for us... Uh, since the beginning, multiplication has been a real value for us, the way we multiply life groups. And, um, you know, we 
we're multiplying uh, groups and leaders all the time. So the most natural thing eventually for us just became to multiply sites and to multiply mm-hmm. churches and to congregationalize in other places. So with that mentality really became the desire to multiply leaders mm-hmm. and to send leaders out uh, as opposed to maybe more of a venue style, which is, again, is not right or wrong. It's, I mean, it's fine. There's some folks who do it and do it incredibly well. So yeah, it's not so, a criticism. So there's four campuses, and if you, I think it'd be neat to maybe share a little bit of the story of, you know, the the guys who are at the campuses. I know Ed's a little bit different, the most recent guy, but especially um, with Adam and Kale, because obviously Adam was from Mount Vernon, mm-hmm. so that made sense. Mm-hmm. But Kale was just a member at LifePoint when he went with Adam to do youth in Mount Vernon, or am I... Yeah, so um, so Adam had been on our staff. He sensed a call to ministry or potential call to ministry, joined our team uh, really part-time, did a great job working with students, uh, high school, middle school students, and then college students, eventually became full-time, eventually became our family ministries pastor before launching and going to Mount Vernon. But he was serving uh, in one way at Ohio Wesleyan University there in Delaware and he actually met K.O. Boer as a student uh. there. And so pre-us um, moving to Lewis Center while we were still in Delaware, it's got had to have been the end of 2010, beginning of 2011, um, this young guy, Kale, walks up to me at the end of a service one day and thanks me for all of the good things we're doing. I've never met him before. <laughs> he, was, he was on the track team at Ohio Wesleyan. And so he really began serving alongside Adam there in the college ministry. And so when we talked to Adam about going to Mount Vernon, he said, listen, I'd like to take Kale with me because I think he's sensing a call to kind of vocational ministry. And so really from that point, as I got to know Kale as well, we started thinking, yeah, there's a good chance that at some point Kale may lead a campus for us as well. And so Kale ended up then in 2015 out of the Mount Vernon experience, coming back and launching there in Delaware, and that was kind of our first local campus. So we sent about 175 or so folks, 200 people maybe, um, from our original campus in Lewis Center, and Kale took those folks and went to Delaware. Actually, the way it worked out was we had 11 life groups that were meeting in Delaware, and basically we just said to those folks, hey, consider going with Kale. We can't tell people where to go, and we don't, um, but we know that people want to go to church where they live and invite mm-hmm. their friends where they live. And mm-hmm. so, um, so what so, you're saying is you didn't get to handpick the people. <laughs> that you wanted. Is that what you're All saying? All of our people are wonderful, <laughs> Chad. So I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, that's, a, that's a really good answer. No, I, I just, I think it's unique, you know, that, uh, you've got the connection with Adam in Mount Vernon. And so you send him to Mount Vernon. He takes scale who he kind of, I guess, led to Christ or at least, brought to life point in Delaware. Yeah, right? yeah, brought to life point. I think okay. Kale would say that he came to know Christ at a younger age. Okay. Yeah, he's from Newton, Ohio. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. But he goes with Adam and then Adam kind of sends him back to Delaware mm-hmm. where he went to college and has a connection and just loves Delaware. So, I I just think that's really unique and really amazing. And so I think there's just a lot a lot to be taken from that to say, "Hey, who are you raising up?" Uh, what is your culture? Do you have a culture of multiplication, mm-hmm. you know, where there's opportunity and you're looking for those, those types of things. And is there anything else about 
multi-site for you that you say, you know, here's a couple of reasons why I think it's better to do multi-site than not to do multi-site? Yeah, I don't know that I would say it's necessarily better than worse. I, th- I, I think what's important is that churches are engaging in the harvest and multiplying themselves somehow, whether that's multiplying groups and helping plant churches or... Um, it seems to me like the essence of what you read in the book of Acts is sacrifice. And you look at all that Paul did in sacrifice and going to prison and even in prison, loving people, writing letters, wanting to see the gospel expand into, you know, Caesar's household. And I think that one of the missing elements that we have as we talk about church today is the idea of uh, for the kingdom to grow. And really when we moved here, we, you know, I don't know even know that we expressed it this way at this time, but we didn't just want to come and plant a church. We talk about churching a city. That's what we really want to do. And we know that one church can't do that. And so whether that's through multi-site, whether that's through planting autonomous churches, whatever that looks like, I think that has to happen to the degree of sacrifice if we're going to see a movement yeah. of the kingdom. It yeah. It doesn't look like an occasional prayer for somebody who's planting a church um, five states away. Yeah. I don't, not that that's bad or wrong. I don't mean that. Yeah. I just don't know that if that's the level of multiplication we all aim at, are we going to, are we going to make a dent in lostness? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, one of the things that I think, speaks to the power of multiplication and, and multi-site is right now I think the Lewis Center campus averages somewhere around 1,300. Am I low? It's, no, no, no. Okay. no you're, there are a lot of low days. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we're, we're 1,300 in the summertime. We're 16, 1,700 okay. in the wintertime. I mean, you know, when travel sports are done and closed yeah. up shop and all that stuff. And there's close to that with the other three campuses, maybe a little bit less. Yeah. Yeah. Close to that. Maybe. I mean, in, on a given Sunday right now, um, we're about 3,300 people yeah. on a given Sunday. So I, I guess what I'm just saying is I think it's neat to think of, you know, if you just said, look, we're going to be all about here and growing here yeah. and you could have done that. And that's, I'm not saying that's even bad. Like nope. we're saying, but the fact that you are giving people away who are then giving people away and and so outward, you've really been able to double yeah. in a lot of ways your impact and your reach through having a sending, giving, multiplication yeah. value and spirit. And I think too, you know, did and a lot of it depends on the way that people would see it and say it, but you know, and planting Mount Vernon first. And then in Mount Vernon, sending kale for us in Lewis Center in some ways, that was kind of like a grandkid yeah. for us. Yeah. And then all three of us, mm-hmm. Lewis Center, Mount Vernon, Westerville, or Delaware, partnering to plant Westerville. And now we're looking at potentially a fifth location in the next couple of years. So you're looking at what could be a great, great grandchild, which yeah. is a lot of fun. I mean, you know, when you think about it for the kingdom and for the, you know, the legacy um, that you're leaving. And, and I, I don't believe everyone is going to engage in multiplication to the degree that we do. There's a difference in area and style and all those kinds of things. But I think we can all be involved somehow to some 
degree because I, uh, there's so many people who are in difficult church situations who are being tested in different ways. And certainly church planting is a test. I, I remember our first winter, January, <laughs> I think, if I remember correctly, our total offerings for the month of January were just a little over $4,000. We had four people on staff <laughs> full-time at that point. And um, I remember having to come back, come back to the office and say to the other three guys on our team, hey, um, we're not going to make payroll. Mm. And um, we're going to have to delay it at least a week, if not more. Mm. And so all across, man, the world, there are people making sacrifices and mm. um, for the sake of, of seeing people reach to the gospel. And I just think it's going to take a continuation of that mentality. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think the um, the, the power of multiplication, you know, and what, what God's using LifePoint to do has just been been amazing. And I remember one of the stats you shared about Delaware County was that there was about three percent of Delaware County was churched, maybe. Yeah. Did so when yeah, when we moved here, um, I didn't know this before we planted here, but I would have changed my changed my perspective. Um, but yeah, the American Church Research Institute had done a survey in the Midwest County by county. And we learned then that only 3% of the folks in Delaware County at that time attended an evangelical church on any given Sunday. And so there are 88 counties in Ohio. <laughs> we were ranked dead last. Well, actually not written down. We were tied for dead last with uh, Ottawa County up on Lake Michigan. Wow. So, yeah, uh, I, w- I, I, I remember thinking at that time, yep, there are a lot of, of international missionaries, like in foreign <laughs> countries who it's the... <laughs> The percentage is better than this. Like, yeah. what did I, what did we get ourselves into? Yeah, yeah. And but since Life Point, I mean, not again, not that the kingdom of God rises and falls on Life Point. Absolutely. But, but Life Point, I think, had a pretty big dent in that. Just when you combine kind of the campuses and the amount of people that have been reached, and you know, it's it's definitely not three percent anymore. Yeah, yeah, and that's been neat. fun. Whenever yeah. we planted Delaware, I think uh, actually Kale did some statistical work and came up with the reality that, you know, that number is more than doubled. Now that's, you know, so on the one hand, we got tons and tons of work still left to do. We're not, we're nowhere close <laughs> right. to what we'd like to be or right. see in, in the culture, but to see the needle move is, is fun. And like you said, that's not, that's not a life point thing. There've been other churches planted and other churches revitalized in our County who are doing great work. And so we're blessed, man, to, to work and serve alongside, you know, other great churches too. Yeah. Well, with this podcast, we're we're trying to stick to about 20 minutes or so, you know, on every episode. Right now we're at like 22 minutes, which Uh-oh. is which is great. But yeah. is there anything else that just to round out kind of this conversation with you that you'd want people to know as we either about LifePoint or uh Send Network or um anything before we say yeah, goodbye? I, I think the the just to say the why behind the podcast. Hopefully what we're going to do is we're going to engage with multiplying church leaders, church planters, so that um, they can not only tell their stories, but hopefully share some of the uniquenesses about what God is calling them to do to, um, to, to make a dent um, in the darkness that is um, around them. And so as listeners come to the podcast, I hope they'll come in anticipation of hearing, you know, both um, a sense of encouragement about what they're facing and what they're going through. And at the same time, maybe something strategic 
leaks out of that that can be helpful. Um, helpful as we we know there are a lot of podcasts to listen to. So why do we need another one? And but I think what's unique, hopefully, about our podcast is that we're going to focus on multiplication and helping churches understand their part in the multiplication narrative and how they all have an opportunity and a role to play. Yeah. And that's neat to see not only through LifePoint, but also being the Sin City missionary. And you get to be able mm-hmm. to play a part in a, quite a bit of multiplication yep. with, with just church planting in the city, which has been, for me, the last eight months, super fun to be a part of. Yeah. So, well, I mean, you know, certainly your role as our church planting catalyst here for Columbus and our partnership with Sin Network has enabled us to look at the city differently um, in terms of the potential of the people that God is bringing here as we follow his activity and not come up with our own plans and our own agendas, but to follow his activity. Um, what a unique opportunity that we have to see the city changed and to see the city be different. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for uh, taking time out and looking forward to uh, sharing even more with you guys in the future uh, as we launch the podcast on probably once a month releases right I think now. So. so yeah, as we get started. Yeah. yeah. Um, anybody sponsoring the podcast today? Today. <laughs> today. <laughs> we would we would certainly like to thank uh Winco. Uh they're they are a sponsor of the podcast today. So that's uh that's Wendy's restaurants in North Central Ohio and northeastern Indiana and they're good good friends. Good uh Certainly good friends to the pub. You think they would bring us some hamburgers? Spicy nuggets, Dean. (laughs) Spicy nuggets. Okay. Okay. Maybe a large frosty. We'll see if we can work that. That'd be great. Yeah. Well, until next time, uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see you sometime in the future. Take care. Thanks for checking out the Send Columbus podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and join us next time for another episode.